2: Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We're loaded up, ready for Nebraska, Wisconsin tomorrow kickoff two thirty. ABC, the world can watch. What will they see? We'll dive into it. Also spend some time on hoops and uh, some volleyball in about twenty minutes. With Jacob Padilla from HaleVarsity.com and Magazine. Proud of Fairberry, Bill Dolman, NBC Sports, with us at 5. And Bill's cranked up about the coach in Carousel. And obviously Nebraska football, Steve Marrick will be with us. Staff writer for Hale Varsity. He's on his way to Madtown uh, with Aaron Sorensen to cover the ball game for Hale Varsity. And then once he is done with a client, we pray that uh, we'll have Closburn for the Friday forecast. Numbers to get in can join us on Hale Varsity Radio 466 3776 466 825 5865 Give us a follow. Find us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Herbal Essence for Elijah Herbal. You can always email Chris at com and subscribe to the podcast and uh, check that out. Uh, take us with if you catch us in the car or where you're headed all over the state of Nebraska. We love it. Four to six. If you're on your way to work or you just want to find out uh, some you time, take some, some me time uh, and uh, download the podcast. Spotify, Google Play. And uh, iTunes, Hail Varsity Radio. You, you did miss one of the number one reasons why people are listening today, and that's your chance to win $25 Jet Splash gift cards. Yes, yes. You've got we've a couple, been doing, your way. We, we've Come been doing way. that all week. Uh, and you're going to have decent weather Saturday to, to use the old Jet Splash gift card. So we will make that happen uh, before the 5 o'clock hour, before you head to the uh, the bar uh, and, and have a drink. So let's get into Nebraska, Wisconsin. And a lot of question marks, a lot of storylines. You've had the news that you've had to sit with and deal with as a player and as, uh, well, a, an assistant. Now you've been elevated, right? You, you have four, well, three uh, new folks that are going to have to help put together a game plan and execute come game day uh, the, the game plan for the players. And you know we wonder about Nebraska, and I think Searles nailed it last night. He's not worried about the the morale, and I think the kids will come in with ample fight. But we we say this every week. We've said this every week of the twenty twenty one football season, and it's really not a changing storyline, but it's an important storyline, and that is the start. Right? How many times has Nebraska started off a drive with the score, and you kind of got to go to Northwestern for that? right? You did get a field goal against uh, Boomer sooner, but in all honesty, you have not put up touchdown drives to start the game. You've not played with the lead a lot during the Frost era. That makes a ton of difference. You've not gone to the locker room with the lead uh, in the Frost era. And that's not a shot at coach. It's just a reality. And I have a sneaky feeling, kind of like I did against Ohio State. If, 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 if Nebraska can can kind of come out and they're galvanized and they want to take out some frustrations, life isn't fair. They want to take out some of that unfairness on somebody. Here's Wisconsin. You didn't see him last year. Uh, you played well enough to, to make that game A fourth quarter ball game in 19. A lot of guys now have bigger roles than they did then. And he's still got your quarterback. We'll dive into Adrian here in a little bit real shortly on his future based on what Coach Frost talked about on his radio show last night. You know, a fifth year for Adrian. Is it here? Is it somewhere else? We can get into that a little bit. And also, you know, a shout out on Twitter uh, to uh Caden Owens right and and that's been making the rounds our our friends at uh the uh Go Big Red podcast that's on at uh had a at an interesting kind of text chain not text chain but a, uh a, a Twitter discussion here uh about just what Adrian's the Go Big Red the Go Big Red cast uh, fellas we're, were getting into it and I'm interested to, uh, to, to really dive into these numbers. We know they were not good for Adrian's protection, and you match that up against the number 2 defense in the country. But with the offensive line, the second-worst overall blocking grade in the Big Ten, the worst pass-blocking grade in the Big Ten, the fifth-worst run-blocking grade in the Big Ten, The most quarterback hurries allowed, 89. That's like Ferris Bueller's principal and mom, that inner monologue in their mind. He was absent nine times during the quarter, nine times. Well, that almost made Ferris have another senior year, right? Well, 89 uh, hurries can lead to sacks, which 13 have been allowed. That's not worst, but, well, yes, it is. It's the... um, most sacks a lot of Big Ten, but eighty nine hurries, one hundred and sixteen pressures, and a lot of hits. Not as many hits as you'd think with one hundred and sixteen pressures and eighty nine hurries. But for everybody that is ready to help Adrian pack up and move on, it's just it's it's a it's a duality. Good evil, right? I mean, there's there's some clutch that needs to happen that hasn't. There's some moments where he maybe doesn't see a guy and make a throw, and that'll happen tomorrow. You know it will because of what Wisconsin's going to bring with their defense. But the guy still has 270-yard runs this season, 260-yard runs this season. And despite... <laughs> 116 pressures. He has 30-yard completions 23 times this year. He has 12 completions of 40 yards. That speaks to some of the upgrade, right, with his talent and his tight ends. And he has four passes of over 60 yards. Two Rays been incredible in the slot, and they've done it against everybody, pretty much. So there is that. I think you as a Nebraska fan, and correct me if I'm wrong, you'd be way more open to him coming back if he can pull off two wins. Hell, even if he splits but doesn't make the mistake. If it ain't something that's on him that you see, oh, man, why'd you do that again? If it's not a mistake, a turnover, a fumble, I'm not against him coming back. I think he'll move on. I think it's okay if he moves on. And I think if, if, if Adrian moves to a program that can protect him with some, some of the similar talent around him and give him a run game, I think Adrian can have a hell of a senior year. I don't know that his best chance of doing that is at Nebraska with a new offensive staff. And I think his guys around him can get better, but we don't know who's coming back and who's not. I fear there's going to be mass attrition uh, with some of the changes going into year five of Scott Frost. And some of those could be his offensive weapons. But I do know that if he can go get a win in Madtown, because he's played pretty well against him, that some of you will shift your take. Now, the problem has been this. There's no other option if he ain't playing well, Elijah. And you tried it a year ago, and I think Mac is third team at Rice. And Adrian's been a guy that has been so stand up, and he's been a leader. Now he's going to have to be great tomorrow. And Scott Frost talked has talked about that those redemption games. Now, you're not going to a bowl game, but five and seven. If you if you if you if you win out against Wisconsin and Iowa, man, you'd feel you'd feel really good. And it it kind of feels impossible tomorrow that they win but i think adrian can have a a good ball game he's a guy that's talented enough and big play ready enough that you just don't punt without a better option now it's fair to say there's not been a lot seen behind him how much development's gone on behind him how much good development's gone on behind him We, we don't know and whoever comes in as the oc and quarterbacks coach what type of clay do you have to work with with Smothers, who I think is a gamer, he may not just look great in practice all the time. And then there's Harburg. Uh, you know the size, you know the talent. He just needs to get comfortable in the offense. How many reps has he been getting in practice, or has he been doing scout team? All questions we don't have the answers to. But you don't want to just punt on Adrian uh, and 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 think you may be upgrading uh, with somebody from the portal. You may very well do that, Elijah, but. Bring in a couple of quarterbacks. Have a giant quarterback room so you can go to the bullpen. And that's really then going to be up to Adrian. And anywhere he may go, he'll have to go win a job somewhere else. Mm -hmm. You've seen some really high-profile quarterbacks leave and not get the job where they go. So you can stick and stay with a familiar spot. And if you're tired of all the crap and all the arrows, I get it too. It's time to move on that way. But Adrian... When it comes to that decision, a lot of what that decision could be, uh, we may know a little bit more about it tomorrow, how Mm -hmm. he plays and how this team performs.
0: Yeah, and for Nebraska to go out there and get a win tomorrow, Adrian needs to play great. And for him to play great, two things need to happen in my book. You need to get the uh, the short passing game going because you know how well Wisconsin defends the runs. You know how dynamic their linebackers are flying around the field, making plays everywhere. You need to get that short passing game going in order to, uh, to essentially be an extension of your running game. So you can get that going. You can get some pace going. You can keep the defense off balance a little bit. A, a four-yard slant route, a five-yard slant route is just the same as a four-yard carry. At the end of the day, what it's going to do is it's going to stretch out the defense. It's going to open up the running lanes. But uh, another thing that needs to happen is you need fewer lookout blocks from the offensive linemen. And you give me the eyes of what's a lookout block. It's a uh,
2: oh, bleep lookout. Yeah,
0: it's where you'd be better suited turning around and yelling at the quarterback. <laughs> look
2: out! <laughs> That has not, never happened to the former starting left tackle at Southeast in 2017. No, no, never never once. <laughs> One pressure allowed all year.
0: <laughs> Ever. I made that up. But, uh, but you, you need to have the offensive line be able to keep Adrian clean. You see how his game breaks down whenever he is under pressure, whenever he's getting hit, especially now that we've learned he's been playing with a broken jaw all season. He just does not. He lacks confidence whenever he is in the pocket, and he's got people. I mean, I would be too. I'm, I'm not. I think everybody, stones, I, but,
2: everybody, be nervous.
0: So, but it, it completely changes the dynamic of the offense whenever Adrian Martinez isn't able to sit in that pocket and deliver strikes. You've, you've seen how it's changed over from game to game, depending on how the
2: how the pressure is getting after him. Here's what I want to see from the offense, and we don't know what the running back situation is going to be. Uh, is is Marvin Scott ready to rock? Is is Ramir Johnson going to get some carries? Uh, I think Yant will will travel with the team, but where is where is he at in the pecking order? And, and you're going to have uh, Marquis Step try and get downhill, but you're not going to make a living. You're going to run to surprise Wisconsin versus try and grind away with them. You've got seam routes. You've got flat routes to the tight ends. You've got backs, theoretically, that can catch out of the backfield. You can uh, eight-yard hitch them to death, I would believe. Don't you think with a guy like Betts, like with with a guy like Omar, it's it's snap it back and chuck it. It's easy, and and I know there's been some issue with crossing routes, but you can do some work that way. What Nebraska can't do, whoever's helping call the plays or in Scotts here tomorrow, you may want to take your shot, and you need about four seconds to do that. I get it, but. You can just paper cut him to death, I would think, and and just pick up four, pick up six, make it second and four, make it second and five, make it second and three with a little bit of quarterback run. Move the pocket for the love of God. Mm. Roll him. Get him some run pass option looks that way. Hopefully his ankle's healthy enough if you're a Nebraska fan where you can run some option. And you know Wisconsin's going to spy him. You know that's going to happen, so... You don't have to be selective when when it's a designed run. But if he's under pressure, he's gold. He is absolute gold at... um at extending plays and then and then ripping off some runs. It only needs to happen a couple of times before they freak out.
0: Yeah, and it's easier said than done, but those little five, six-yard gains, eventually one of the safeties is going to be creeping up, and they're going to see that crossing route coming across the field, and they're going to go, I, I want to stop this for three as opposed to six, and then that's whenever you take it off the top with Xavier Betts or Samari Touré.
2: And, and of course, you, yeah, Touré. And think about it. You gave up five sacks against Ohio State in the first half. For the five sacks you gave up, you did have a play – where you got Samare isolated on a safety Mm -hmm. in the slot for the 72-yard touchdown. So can you survive giving up multiple pressures, multiple sacks for the one shot play that gets you in the end zone? That's where it's at. Dan tweets in, I'm going to guess we've simplified the offense. Good. You don't need to be a a mad scientist against Wisconsin – you just need to, to execute and snap it back, quick throw, move it. and
0: Find Austin Allen up the seam. Please. F- find uh, Omar Manning on an in-cutting seam route. Just uh, let, let Omar run some dig routes, babe. Exactly. Exactly. Just find consistency, find rhythm. If Nebraska finds rhythm against Wisconsin, which is tough to do, one of the top defenses in the country, but if you can find rhythm, uh, I think Nebraska's got a chance to win this game with how their defense is played this year.
2: It's a big ask with this offense in transition going up against the top-ranked defense. It, but it's, but it's, you
0: have the you have the players to do it. It's, can they move the ball without the explosive plays? Can they continue to, to use those paper cuts to move up and down the field?
2: Uh, can you be patient? Yep. And, yep. and patience has been an issue in some of the games this year. We'll get Jacob Padilla's thoughts shortly on Nebraska football, on Husker hoops, some volleyball, Penn State tonight, and uh, – We'll uh, find out what the pride of Fairbury thinks with the coaching carousel. Hail Varsity, on a Friday, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
1: And we're back. Fellas, think we could listen to the radio
2: On Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery.
3: Yes! That's awesome!
2: Thanks for spending time on a Friday. Hail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Kent has emailed in Elijah. And when we started the football season... We did our our predictions on how to get Nebraska above 500 and how they find their way to a bowl. He wants us to do that uh, for basketball, for the dance. Are are you uh, ready to accept? Think about that challenge. We'll bring in a a good basketball mind, great basketball mind with com and magazine at Jacob Padilla underscore with us. Jacob, are you still in downtown Omaha, brother?
4: (laughs) I am getting ready to hit the interstate and head down to Lincoln at the moment.
2: Well, thanks for squeezing us in. I know it's uh, Nebraska Penn State tonight. We'll we'll get there in a moment and get your thoughts on volleyball. But uh, let's start with hoops. And it's been a couple of days since Nebraska Creighton. Um, not great comeback for Nebraska, but not where they wanted to be. At least the start. I want to get your take on Keon Edwards and his new role and what he can bring in the absence of, of Trey here. Uh, you'll get a chance against Idaho State to, to test some of that out, but uh, give me your thoughts here on Nebraska's chance to rebound tonight, not physical rebounding, but just kind of getting up off the mat after what happened with Creighton.
4: Yeah, that was uh, certainly a wild card that uh, I think Fred Hoiberg threw out there in a press conference yesterday. Um, kind of figured that it would be C.J. Wiltshire just sliding in that spot, but Toriburg uh, is looking at Edwards to kind of provide a different look to that lineup. And I wonder just with what they're losing with Trey McGowan's. obviously the ball handling is um, part of it. Um, he's one of your primary ball handlers besides Verge there. and Kind of split those guys. Verge um, out. He's the guy running the offense for the most part. But um, defensively, I think, is where you're really going to miss because he's really the only plus on-ball defender, I would say, on the team. The other guys – are um, inconsistent at best um, in in that regard. So I think it seems like Koiberg's just decided to go all in on trying to get as much much length on the floor as possible instead of uh, going for quickness and trying to find somebody that can replace what Trey provided on the ball. Um, So Edwards sounds like he's going to get his chance, and we'll see what he can do um, as far as bouncing back. I, watching back that Creighton game, I felt better a little bit about uh, kind of the team than I did like sitting through it. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought they kind of figured something out. In so, yeah, I thought they were much better in the second half in terms of their process. Um, they still got to hit some shots that they missed. That that ended up being the difference once they got back into the game. Was Creighton knocked down a couple of tough shots, a couple of catch and shoot threes, and Nebraska just had too many empty possessions. Um, whether it was a tough finish at the rim that's makeable uh, but that didn't go in or it's an open look from three and uh, they weren't able to knock it down. So, um, But process-wise, I think they, they got better, and now the key is going to be Alonzo Verge uh, and kind of figuring out, finding that balance between being a playmaker and just running the offense and giving other guys a chance to, to stay involved and, and to see how that makes the game easier for him, too. You get a couple ball reversals, and then suddenly the defense is spread out a little bit. And then maybe it'll be easier for Verge to use its quickness and get into the lane. So that's going to be the key. Um, that's what they have to do these next four games, really, is to find where that balance is for Verge and kind of figure out what they want to do offensively. Now that McGowan uh, isn't an option for the next six, eight
2: weeks. Jacob Adilla is with us from Ilvarcity.com and magazine at Jacob Adilla underscore on Twitter. Jacob, where do you think the patience meter is at from Fred with Verge as far as running the offense?
4: Bench him for the last 12 minutes of the first half, and it was he, he got pulled after a couple of uh, rough possessions. Uh, early on, went back out there, and then got pulled and sat down for the rest of the half because it didn't really get much better. Um, So I think we're at the point now where it's kind of, all right, is he going to buy into, does he understand what he should be doing? Uh, Because without McGowan, they really don't have another option. Uh, It has to work with with Burt. He has to, like I said, find that balance between being what he, uh, what he wants to be and what the team needs him to be. Uh, because you look at the team, there aren't a lot of guys that are dynamic with the ball in their hands. Kobe Webster is a completely different type of point guard. Um, you don't really have a guy that's great at off the bounce getting into the lane. So that's kind of the, the role that Burge uh, fills on the team. And he, is, he still has most of their assists on the season. Uh, he is a capable playmaker when he goes in with that mindset. Um, so I think Fred Hoiberg going to have to keep working with him, going to have to try to keep, uh, keep going with these film sessions, keep going with these, uh, these quick subs if it's not going right, and try to explain to him, all right, this is what I'm seeing. This is uh, – try to figure out what he's seeing and then see where they can uh, come together. Because ne- Nebra- I said before the season, he's the one that kind of establishes the floor for this team and kind of what kind of team it's going to be. and through uh, the first three four games, the score has been pretty low.
0: Jacob Bedell is with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, and Jacob, you mentioned Kobe Webster. So uh, upon going back and watching the game, were you as impressed with him as I was watching him live? Because I'm, I'm a little bit surprised that he's not going to be stepping into the starting lineup. Uh, but you mentioned Verge's ability to get into the lane. I, I see that with, with Bryce McGowans as well, and it almost seems like Verge and McGowans are, are clashing on the court when they play at times because they're both trying to get into the lane and uh, and force things up inside. Whereas Kobe Webster is uh, a guy who runs the, the point a little bit more uh, like a true point guard distributing and, uh, and putting up open shots whenever he gets them? Well,
4: see, I, I, I would disagree a little bit with that in terms of there's a difference between a ball dominant point guard and a score first point guard. Kobe only had two assists in 23 minutes. Um, he was still out there. He got up 11 shots. Uh, he was looking for his shot. But the difference is he was giving the ball up and they were running the offense through the guys in the high post, Derek Walker and um, and that's kind of how he was getting his shots. Uh, they went under and, uh, on a pick-and-roll one time, so he pulled up and popped it. Um, and some of that, like, he's not that, – that's not super sustainable, some of the shots that he was hitting. Uh, so I, I, I think that's kind of where – Horberg's not going to just slot him in there and assume he's going to get 20 per game going forward anyway. He's going to try to keep finding that balance and playing the guys that uh, he believes can do the most things for them. But Kobe Webster absolutely has a role on this team now, especially without – uh, Trey McGallis as an option. So it, it does change things a little bit when he's in there. you got to kind of shift responsibilities. and He's not a guy that is at this level going to break defenses down and make plays for others. Uh, but he is a guy that will move the ball, that will spot up, that will face the floor, and give other guys the opportunity to make plays. And we will probably see some of uh, Kobe out there on the wing with Bryce hand on the ball. That's something that uh, Fred Hoiberg mentioned uh, yesterday was um, – He went too many possessions without touches uh, in that Creighton game, Bryce did. And so they're going to try to focus on putting him in more playmaking situations where um, they can get the ball in his hands and he can make decisions, whether it be for himself or for others. That is one area of his game that we haven't really seen a whole lot of mostly it's been a lot of play finishing, a lot of looking for a shot, but uh, I would assume that's kind of something that Fred's going to be stressing with him. Is, All right, we're going to put you in this uh, situation here where you're the guy that's going to have to make the plays, and that doesn't necessarily mean you have to take the shot.
2: Jacob Adil is with us. Jacob, a thought on Madison tomorrow, Nebraska, and uh, what's your gut tell you? Do you think this thing's going to be another four-quarter affair, or is it just too much mad town, too much transition for Nebraska?
1: Yeah, I, I think
4: the defense will, will probably uh, allow them to hang in there. I just don't know if this offense is going to be able to score the ball uh, against Wisconsin. Uh, they're ridiculous. Uh, they're, what, third in the country, I think it is, uh, in points allowed this year. They're basically giving up two scores a game. That's it. Um, they've been less than that over the last few weeks. And um, with, the, with, the obviously, all the turmoil going on on the offensive side of the ball, um, I, I don't see how coming off firing your whole offensive staff, trying to piece things together, um, they're going to come out with their best offensive game in of the season, and that's what you would need, I think, to have success against this Wisconsin team. So, unless uh, like Adrian Martinez just kind of goes out and has the game of his life and makes some huge plays, whether it's feet, arm, whatever it is, um, it's they're going to have a tough time uh, scoring uh, to keep up with Wisconsin, but. I mean, it, it's going to be a key where Martinez does have to take advantage of every opportunity that Wisconsin gives them. Um, they can't have that kind of near misses like we saw with that, uh, with, with that deep pass to Ray that was just off the mark and Torrey wasn't able to pull it in. Um, kind of receivers and quarterback, if the opportunity is there, if there's a chance for a breakaway run and there's a guy that uh, ahead that's... That needs to make the key block. He's got to throw it. You cannot waste opportunities against this team, and you certainly cannot turn the ball over.
2: Let's talk volleyball. Uh, Rutgers off the the schedule for Saturday. Penn State, Nebraska. How you? How, how is Nebraska heading into this one tonight? No, the Rivalry's well noted, and both teams bring out the best in one another.
4: Yeah, honestly, I think. Uh, they, it would have been nice to have their senior day against a team like Rutgers. You can hopefully come out, take care of business, uh, not really have to put too much stress into it. But now uh, with three games left uh, against three top-15 teams, and that's kind of where Nebraska uh, needs to show that they've made progress this season. Is They, they haven't really had success against top-10 teams. They, they, they beat uh, Penn State in four previously. They beat Purdue once already this year. Uh, But they got swept against Wisconsin, and we saw what happened in the non-conference with Louisville. um, So um, there's a lot on the line here. You went out and you win the conference title. It's that simple. But they're going to have to take it to a new level from where they played previously um, in order to get that done. Um, I think this should be a a great match tonight, and it always is against Penn State. Um, love the 8 p.m. tip-off considering I always expect it to go five between these teams, even if it it always doesn't, but um, yeah, it should be a fun one tonight, and I I think the the Huskers are definitely going to be fired up, especially with uh, this being Senior Day and everything that goes along with that.
2: Jacob, less than a minute, but is Nebraska able to be better or different than what they've been? They've been great, but can they go this next level?
4: They can it's just a matter of enough players playing well at the same time they've struggled so much at the bad hitter position so it's terminating and then the passing that kind of sets up Nick to, to, to put those players in position to succeed so it's got to be consistency they've shown they're capable of it everybody in the rotation has showed they can make a difference but they haven't done it consistently so now we've got three three matches left here you need three quality matches from basically everybody that's stepping out there in the rotation
2: Jacob Bedilla with us, com and magazine at Jacob Bedilla underscore. And uh, Jacob will have uh, thoughts, reaction, coverage of Husker Volleyball tonight, uh, his podcast, uh, Nebraska Shootaround, uh, Spotify, Google Play, iTunes, all over Nebraska basketball. Be sure to check that out. And his high school preps, of course, with Damon Benning. So, Jacob, enjoy the, the, the match tonight. We'll check in soon. Thanks for your time today. Sounds good. All right, there he is, Jacob Padilla. Good stuff from him on hoops, volleyball, football, your, well, your three food groups, right? So let's get into it. How many points is enough tomorrow for Nebraska football? Let's get crazy. Also, we'll talk about the dance.
1: Chime in, 402. 466-ESPN, or email the show, Chris, at HaleVarsity.com.
2: Just try me, try me. Back to Hale Varsity Radio. Winding down hour one, Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. Open phones here till 5. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairbury NBC Sports. Uh, a little bit after 5, Steve Marek. From Hale, Varsity, as he's off to Madison in the 525 segment. And then Clausburn will join us. Numbers to get in, 466-3776, 800 800-825-5865. Those are your numbers. Get in. And we're talking points here. If Nebraska is to get out of Dodge... All right, you're going to have to probably get a defensive touchdown or some sort of special teams love, big ask for the special teams part. But you could probably you could go 14 to 10. And I know Wisconsin's averaging more points, I know they're scoring more points. But look at their point totals against good teams. I know they they rocked Iowa 27 to 7, okay? That was at home. That was kind of a turnover fest. Uh, They just absolutely got all over Purdue on the road, 30-13. to Again, field position, turnovers, huge in that one. I think five turnovers for Purdue. And that's not a – well, Wisconsin got lucky. No, Wisconsin forced those. Mm -hmm. They're good. But against Michigan, they were held to 17. They uh, were held to 13 against Notre Dame and they gave up three non-offensive touchdowns, two pick sixes, and then a punt return. And against Penn State, I mean, they squeezed out a whopping 10 points. So my question is this, A, does Nebraska have enough left defensively to put a Michigan State-type performance together where it's, it's field goals and maybe one big play? Do they have enough left in the tank defensively to do against Allen what they did against Kenneth Walker. Because I'll say this, if, if I got to choose someone to beat me, Graham Mertz is a mess. Graham Mertz has got like a shock collar around his neck and, you know, the house arrest anklet going on. When it comes to passing. They've kind of gradually let him throw a little bit more. But that isn't how ha- you're gonna win if you're Wisconsin. I mean, it's gonna be Nebraska's front seven being able to man up and and make it third and eight, third and nine, third and seven. And if Mertz is able to make some completions and get into field goal range or hit a big play to Ferguson, that that's how they're planning to do business is is run the football. And and play great defense and let Nebraska screw up on special teams, so you get to start at the fifty a couple of times. Then you get a fifteen yard drive, and here's a field goal. Meanwhile, Nebraska misses their field goals if they're even gonna attempt any. So this, as we try and talk ourselves into, you're telling me there's a chance round Nebraska if they if they can duplicate, and we've seen them play. Stretches a really good defense. We've seen them also not put a, a football game together since Northwestern, quarter one through quarter four. But, listen, they've had good practices this week, so I'm told from a spirited standpoint they're locked in. They're ready to go. They're ticked off. They want to take it out on somebody. They're galvanized. The big guys up front, we talked offensive line to start the show. They're, uh, they're going to go out and play for Greg Austin, even though he's no longer there with them. So so maybe they're they're renewed. Or the other side of that is they say screw it. And their bad's gonna go worse. But I don't think I don't think anybody on this team's gonna check out. But it's gotta be a good start. Nebraska's gonna have to uh get great effort again defensively, and that's without Jojo, which is tough. But you got enough experience there where Nebraska's inside backers, Henrich and Reimers, can do work. You got you got Daniels that he's got a decision to make too, right? If if he's gonna come back or not. Hell, you can even get real funky and go fifty-two. Throw back to the old 1980s Nebraska defense and have an extra defensive line, defensive lineman. And and Caleb Tanner, who's been really good off the edge, gonna have to be good on the edge against the run. Same with Garrett Nelson. Garrett Nelson it was nice against Michigan State, wasn't perfect, but he played tough football and kept coming. So that's kind of a little bit of my my recipe for tomorrow. And it's gonna have to be a 14-10, 17-10. And I know that's three points I've awarded Nebraska, which is never a guarantee. But Contreras isn't the mess that, that Culp is. Culp should have been kicking this year. The kid's injured, period. That, that hip screwed him up all year, and then it got mental. So there's your silver lining. There's your hope tomorrow at 2.30.
0: And I think you're going to know pretty early on how well this Wisconsin team's going to move the ball by looking at what Wisconsin does on first down. I know everyone always says, oh, the key for this one is going to be the defense getting off the field on third down, which that's true, but they're going to set themselves up to get off the field on third down on first down. If Wisconsin's picking up three, four, five yards a pop on their first downs, getting themselves to second and manageable, could be a long day for this Husker defense. It's going to come down to what they do on first down and daring Graham Mertz to be the guy that's going to beat you for this Wisconsin team. If Nebraska can do that early, uh, I see this going down a lot like that Northwestern game did last year, where it's a very good Northwestern defense and it comes down to not shooting yourselves in the foot and not turning the ball over and setting up that offense in a short field and if that can happen nebraska only probably needs 21 points to be able to win this
2: game that's and listen nebraska can hit some some big plays i don't i mean you and i are both just like you know we've, we've talked for all fall about cashing in in the red zone but you're gonna have to have uh adrian be that threat or smothers can Smothers be a guy that's a running threat down in the red zone? Well, guess what? You could absolutely pull a pull a boat rower and put Smothers in for some option or zone read in the red zone as a new or different wrinkle. Just if you want to keep Adrian from from getting crushed or or getting too concerned about getting hurt. So there you go. Elijah, can you manufacture a way Nebraska makes the NCAA tournament, Bell? Can't,
0: well, yeah, they have to finish in the top half of the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. That's, that's almost a, 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 a certainty that if uh, if Nebraska's in the bottom half of the Big Ten, they're not going to be making the, the NCAA tournament. So uh, to get top half of the Big Ten, you've got to be at least 500 in Big Ten play. Uh, you've got to be winning more than you're losing in the Big Ten. And from what I've seen so far this season, I know there's a lot of time left to gel. Uh, it looks like a tall task. It does.
2: Right. So <laughs> listen, and, and Kent emailed, how, do, how does Nebraska get to the dance? Well, they probably don't. No more screw-ups against the Idaho states and Southerns and Tennessee states of the world. You can't take the Yotes for granted next Saturday. You got to go steal one at, uh, at NC State, big ask. And while you're in, in Raleigh, uh, kindly ask John Garrison to come back with you. Indiana. Host Nebraska. The Big Ten took a bath against the Big East. I mean, they were pretty much over, weren't they? Couldn't tell you. But, yeah, I mean, Michigan got beat. Michi- in- yeah. Indiana wasn't good. You have a shot against Auburn. You have some games along with your conference games mm-hmm. to, to turn some heads. Yeah, but I mean, in the short term, with what's remaining of their non-conference slate,
0: Idaho State, Southern Tennessee State, but you have Auburn and NC State. South Dakota. I mean, you have to. You probably have to only lose one remaining non-conference game. If you lose one, no. you're still okay. But if you start losing more than that, it's a it's a mountain to climb to make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. You can lose to either NC State or Auburn and still be okay.
2: Absolutely. Well, you need to steal one of those. We'll wind down hour one. It's Hale Varsity. And now, and now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. One final time this hour. Friday forecast will commence here. Uh, Less than an hour away. Klaus Byrne will check in. Our picks sure to go wrong. Bill Dolman on the way in 10 minutes. NBC Sports. Pride of Fairbury will get you his conspiracy theory of coaching changes Man, he was talking to me last night. He is wild with where he thinks it's prime time Deion Sanders is going to end up. <laughs> I mean, it's it's impressive. It's impressive. Cool. SMU will also be good again because all those goons who had a payroll for Eric Dickerson and Trans Am money for uh, that offense in the early '80s, they can do it legally now with NIL. <laughs> right he went a red and white trans am come to nebraska baby and it's all legal nil somewhat don't lose your job though yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah spencer we're here for that suv from big red auto allegedly if you're a quarterback at oklahoma and say you lose your job to t- during the texas game and then you win your job back trying to rally against Baylor. It's interesting. So you're going to hoops tonight. I am. I am. Looking forward to it. Uh,
0: well, still slightly nervous. Don't get me wrong here. That, that, that I mean, the Huskers have more talent. They do. But it comes down to how quickly can they gel. I, I think, as Jacob said, I, I think we saw some things click in that Creighton game. Uh, some things uh, started to, to get back to what we saw against Colorado. However, you can't overlook any opponent on the schedule, uh, especially with how close those first two games were, even dropping the game to Western Illinois. So, Nebraska, while I have uh, a lot of confidence that they're the better team tonight, it's just a question of can they get to the things that make them good as a basketball team, spreading the ball out, making uh, the defense defend all five guys on the floor. Uh, that That's going to be the question tonight, and I- I'm excited to see how Nebraska responds after, I, I think, figuring some things out against Creighton.
2: No, and listen, I'm all about going with super talented guys like Verge because you've seen the good, but your tolerance can't can't drift. And and good for Fred, right? If if someone's not doing what they're being asked to do, or they're forcing it, and they need to sit and watch, I'm glad he's he's doing that. You just you waited a couple of possessions potentially too long. The other side of that is you don't want to have a guy start to play scared. And should I shoot it? Do they want me to shoot it? And I'm, well, shoot it and make it. <laughs> then, then that then that fixes everything. You can send your emails, Chris at hailvarsity.com. Uh, our old boy Seth, who's blowing out the candles. Uh, a week from today we'll be doing real red reaction at the bar. The bar sixteenth and P excited for that. Pre-game nine to eleven. It's going to be a ton of fun. Love that spot. Love those guys, Seth and Gregors. And um, Seth's thirty nine again today. Again, good for him. Yeah, yeah. Good for him. It's so many candles that ice cream cakes melting. It's like like he's not even aging. (laughs) No, incredible. The ageless wonder. Uh, We'll have our predictions coming up, and uh, we'll see where that goes. Line tonight is there a line against Idaho State? I
0: have not checked. Because I, I don't care about Nebraska covering the spread here. I care about Nebraska you just winning, want to win. getting getting a win in the uh, in the win column is all that matters tonight. I don't I don't care if they win by two. I don't care if they win by twenty. As long as you get the win, that's all that matters. Dude, you want a blowout?
2: You want a you need I'd, I'd you want blowout out blowout after the Creighton thing? All right, Bill Dolman on the way. Hour two coming up at tail varsity. We're presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Welcome to an hour two on a Friday. It's Hale Varsity presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbal. We welcome in the Pride of Fairbury, NBC Sports. He'll tell you how Nebraska wins tomorrow. Bill Dolman with us, at Bill Dolman on Twitter. Billy D., how's your week? What's going on? Well, just enjoying another uh, late November
5: 70-degree day out in uh, Colorado. Uh, So that's kind of how it's going right now. I don't know what it's like back home. But nevertheless, it feels like it's uh, spring and we should be getting ready for uh, a Husker baseball game against Wisconsin, not a Husker football game.
2: You know, you just made Wisconsin sad because they've not had baseball for quite a while. That's okay. Well, I know,
5: that. <laughs>
2: <laughs> but, uh, I know send, that. But send that 70-degree weather our way because on the, on the menu tomorrow is we're kind of having a, a football watch party before a real red reaction. So we're doing kebabs, we're probably going to do some pork chops, and we're going to do some some baby back ribs. And I need the smoker to cooperate with the Nebraska November weather.
5: Well, you know, it would be a a great day if Nebraska can finally do what it's capable of doing and put together a full four-quarter game to make all your partying worthwhile and to bring home the coveted Freedom Trophy. I think that nothing would be better than to to see that Freedom Trophy back in Lincoln.
2: Uh, that that would be a wonder. That'd be absolutely wonderful, and you could narrate a thirty for thirty on it, I mean, <laughs> right? But let's uh, let's get Does into it. Does anybody
5: in Lincoln know that they're playing for the Freedom Trophy tomorrow?
0: Uh, Chris and I on Monday did forget the name of the Freedom Trophy. Yeah. If, if that <laughs> lets you know how
2: much uh, we care, we, when we were talking <laughs> with Coach Alvarez, it it was always brought up that all right, if it's going to be a trophy game great but what is it is it a broken beer bottle is it a <laughs> is it a is it a busted stool for milking cows right i mean is is it a is it an end you know a branding end you use for cattle i mean there were some different ideas we got barry's take on but this is where they're at and that's fine so let's dive into the nitty-gritty here and What's your outlook here, just from uh, the the psychology of this? It's been a while since they've played, and a lot's gone on.
5: I can tell you this with absolute certainty. I don't know. (laughs) Good answer. (laughs) Uh, I mean, it it, it almost seems as though the news that that came out, what, almost two weeks ago now was necessary. Nebraska needed to make that announcement. But I hate, I hate the fact that I feel this way, and I think other people do as well. The season's kind of over. Mm-hmm. And, and you hope that you don't see that kind of effort tomorrow. Um, but I would imagine that in the last 10 days, and we know Sevian Morrison is one of them, I'm sure that there are other players who have spent you know, part of the last 10 days or so trying to figure out, you know, should I stay or should I go now? And not realizing that that's one of the great songs from the Clash of all time. But anyway. 1981. Um, but I, I just, I, I certainly hope that there are uh, players who took the news to heart, you know, uh, 10, what, or whatever, however long it's been, two weeks ago, and said, okay, our program is moving forward. We have committed to this place. Let's commit to finishing out the year strong uh, to justify the decision that was made and play all out really like they kind of have been. I mean, the effort is, is for the most part, there been, there been a couple of bad apps. Uh, Minnesota and Purdue certainly come to mind. But you, you've seen some great effort from them against great teams, Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, not wins, but you've seen great effort. You hope that the guys who are committed to the program uh, are committed to finishing this, this thing out strong with the same kind of effort. But... You know, th- this is just a really strange scenario. Uh, I think for Nebraska, these last couple of games, I really think Nebraska is going to be hurt by the lack of presence from JoJo Dolman. Uh, I think you look back on on that guy's career and you think, you know what? He's he he is one of the great Huskers of all time. The the wins and losses aren't there, but I'd put that kid's heart, his passion, his emotion, his play, in there with anybody who played in the great teams of the '90s. That I watched, uh, and that's about as high a compliment as I as I can give. So, but I think Nebraska is going to miss his presence, mm. and somebody's got to step up into that role. And I'm not sure who it can be. Maybe Garrett Nelson, who's mm. already playing, but um, I think that's going to be a big loss uh, for Nebraska for the last two games of the year, especially against Iowa at home.
2: What do you do? Uh, what's Adrian do? What What do you ask him to do with this reshuffled deck on offense and Scott's? got a ton on his plate. Adrian's done well against Wisconsin. The wins haven't followed. The points haven't matched the yardage. But I think if he's back to almost 100% Adrian, I mean, he could have a little fun with this vaunted defense because he's had fun with them before. I don't know what the hell they're doing to running back, Bill.
5: Well, we've had a bye. And he was supposed to be close to 100% before. And then we've had a couple of games He's supposed to be 100% before. Now we've got you know, his coach is gone, and his his mentor, his you know everything. So where is he mentally? Uh, I mean, the, the questions have been about him physically, jaw, ankle, shoulder, just general wear and tear. But now, the last two weeks, you know, from what we read about the relationship between him and and you know, coach uh, coach Goodfellas, is that it's it's you know what's his. what's his mindset now? (laughs) You know? So this is a a whole different thing. Um, He's got to take care of the ball. This could be a game that takes 65 minutes to play, uh, plus halftime. Because, you know, Nebraska probably, I I would think, is maybe going to try and run the ball, even though that offensive line is also in flux as to how, Mm -hmm. you know, they're going to react without without their coach. Um, But Adrian is – Thrown, what, five interceptions the last two games, one every 12 attempts? Mm -hmm. You can't do that against Wisconsin, who is turning the ball over a lot during their winning streak. Um, You know, (laughs) this is the strange matchup between the best three-loss team in the country and the best seven-loss team in the country. And the reason why Wisconsin is playing so well right now is they're running the ball well, which shortens the game, and they're taking the ball away from their opponent, which gives them the ball back so they can run. Right? Nebraska, I think, has got to run. I don't think they can rely on Adrian Martinez to win the game with his arm. I just don't think that's going to happen. So this game could be over in a, you know, 75 minutes with halftime.
0: Bill Dolman's with us here on Hale Varsity Radio. And, Bill, when you look at this matchup, you got to think the key is going to be Nebraska being able to put up points on a very good Wisconsin defense. But you got to assume that Scott Frost probably can't put full attention into game planning for this vaulted Wisconsin defense just because – I mean, he's got to be out looking for assistant coaches, trying to find a new offensive coordinator, testing the market. Don't, don't you think, or, or do you think that's something he's going to be putting off? But whenever you look at the fact that recruiting opens up very shortly after the Iowa game, I expect that he's also got to be putting some time into trying to find his next crop of assistants for next season, right?
5: I hope he's the guy in charge of the search because it has to be somebody that, that he knows and that he trusts and that he can rely on. And, you know, I, I, I'm stunned when I see... It's almost like going back to the four-year case of the flu when you'd open up the paper and go, that's who the uh, the new coach is going to be? That's the new coach? That's the new coach? And all these names that were bandied about. And now you look to see who's going to be the new offensive coordinator at Nebraska and see, you know, Tom Herman's name. Okay, whatever the circumstances were surrounding his firing at Texas on the field or off, um, you know, you see that name bandied about. Dan Mullen is still the coach last time I checked at Florida. And I'm guessing he's not going to get whack there and go be an O.C. at Nebraska. So I, I think that we have in our minds again that these coaches that could be coming, you know, it's kind of ridiculous to even speculate. We don't know what Scott's contacts necessarily are at this stage of his career. And whoever is in charge of it, maybe there's, there's search firms now that, that handle coordinator jobs. I don't know. But, yeah, Scott's got a lot on his plate. There's no doubt about it. Um, and, to you know, it goes back to what I've said about Trev Alberts. You know, if Trev makes the move and, and parts ways with Scott now, he's got to jump into this pool that he's not been swimming in very long as a division, you know, as, a, as Nebraska's athletic director. You know, he's got to give himself time to establish connections in case the move has to be made a year from now. I don't know what Scott's connections are. So when he made that move with Matt Lubick and Greg Austin and all the others – did Scott have an idea in his mind of who he wanted at that moment? Because you'd hope that he did. You'd hope that he has enough connections established in his career that he can rely on those to help him over the, the rest of the month of November to make the moves that he needs to make when December does roll around. But if Scott you know, made the moves and, and is kind of trying to figure it out right now and pushing it off to the side to somebody else, I'm not sure that's a healthy thing. But I don't think we're totally privy to what the process is like um, for for better or for worse.
2: Bill, let's talk coaching carousel, and it's it's wild, man. You've got both Washington gigs, SCLSE, Virginia Tech. Florida may be open. Miami may be open. Florida State may be open. Where am I missing? I don't think Texas is going to be open. but
5: No, but Dennis Dodd mentioned the other day, as I said last week or two weeks ago, you know, after the Oklahoma game, Whoever's you know getting together at Texas with money, and there's a lot of folks that got it. You know, the move, the wheels are already in motion. Hmm. And Dennis Dodd of CBS Sports mentioned that, of course, after I did.
2: Uh, Dennis always kind week. of followed your work.
5: <laughs> average, average Joe. yes, there. look, I, I, it looks like you know Mel Tucker is probably going to stay. Is probably going to stay at <laughs> Michigan State. Nine point five a year, dude. <laughs> but it hasn't been. It hasn't been presented formally, I guess, to him. Uh, you know, you've got Lincoln Riley bandied about for twelve million dollars to go to LSU. And you but you think about it, when you add up the national championships that Mel Tucker and Lincoln Riley have won and you compare that to some of the other coaches around the country, that's like 27 million dollars between the two of them. So I think that's justified. <laughs> Jimbo Fisher, I mean that's just another another one where making ten million dollars a year and you add his national championships and conference championships. On top of that, I mean, it's just incredible the kind of money that people are making now for what?
2: Not doing much, yet guys are getting whacked and fired early.
5: You're you're going to see, you know, dominoes. The the, the dominoes already started to fall earlier than ever with USC and with TCU and whatnot. But you you, you have to keep your eye on, I think James Franklin has probably, you know, lost his way to staying at Penn State. You know, nobody's talking to him anymore. He's not having to have any denials at his post-practice press conferences anymore because they've stumbled their way in November, as they usually do. Matt Campbell has probably, you know, stumbled his way into staying in Ames, Iowa because he doesn't win a, want to win a conference championship. They just want to have fun. Um, you know, Oregon, Cristobal, does he go to Miami? I doubt it. He's had a pretty good little gig right now uh, with Phil Knight. Cincinnati could be opening. Nevada could be opening. You mentioned Florida, Miami, You know, Florida State. Who knows if they're going to have this Florida sweepstakes for Deion Sanders, right? I think Deion Sanders might stay at Jackson State forever, but because uh, I think he's on a mission uh, to, to be there. But anyway, I, I, it is unbelievable right now the The scenarios in college football and how precarious the dominoes are before they start the ball because there's a lot of them that are leaning they just haven't been pushed over yet and that's going to open up a lot of quarter, coordinator positions.
2: If you're Miami, don't you just to rub it in the rest of the state's face, let alone your rivals? Don't you just ask Dion what he wants?
5: Absolutely. Or if I'm TC, if I'm TCU, look.
2: I ask him what he wants. <laughs>
5: Well, because I think he's still got his homes in in Dallas, so you know he'd not have to go across the street to uh, go to TCU. But I, I don't see him going there. But yeah, if I'm Miami, I mean their AD's gone now, so you know they've got something that they're working on. You've got all those guys with NFL money that would love to have Prime go to Miami. What, what if what if all of those rumors and the speculation and the fun that people have with that are making people in Tallahassee nervous? Where they go, uh, we cannot let Dion go to Miami, so we got to fire Mike Norvell, justified or not, just because we need Dion to come back to Florida State and give us some excitement that we haven't had since the you know the mid Bobby Bowden era. I mean that's that's how these ads and these presidents are starting to work. When you see the money being thrown around, they're firing without a plan, and they're just hoping that they can do something that's going to excite their fan base. And so, yeah, there may be some type of Dion Sanders. Uh, uh, you know, war going on to see who can entice and leave Jackson State.
2: Okay, I got a minute before we get a prediction. Husker hoops, tough one against Creighton. Uh, I don't thought, know how that
5: happens. Yeah. I still am mystified as to how Nebraska cannot beat Creighton.
2: Join the rest of the state, man. I don't get it. The Shot selection. I think
5: they beat Idaho State.
2: They'll win tonight. I've looked it up. The line is 12. 12? Totally taking Idaho State, but Nebraska will win. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Bill Dolman, the Pride of Fairbury NBC Sports. I was hoping you'd be in town for Black Friday. You're working. That's awesome. A thought, though. Give me a score prediction. How does Nebraska handle Wisconsin, or do they?
5: I'm going to say, of course, Nebraska rallies. Around Coach Frost, the decision and, and the future begins now. And I, I, I think Nebraska is going to win this one handily 62 to 42, which is ironically the same score for the basketball game tonight.
2: Okay. Just a two for one, says the pride of Fairberry. So, Adrian and this offense put up, Hold 60, on to the football. put up 62 points on the Wisconsin defense.
5: Uh, why not?
2: It's so another
5: typical big Ten kind of game.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll say that. Uh, that. we've seen a handful of 13 to sevens, but there's been more 30 to 27s. so <laughs> Bill, enjoy your 70 degree Denver weather. avoid the smoke. and uh, thank you so much for spending time with us. We'll figure out a way to get uh, get you locked in for Black Friday, okay All right guys, go big red. There he is. Bill Dolman, Pride of Fairberry. NBC Sports. Every time I say NBC, I want to do the Howard Stern NBC uh, uh, like he did in his movie. Uh, More thoughts here. Husker football takes from Steve Marrick on the way from Hale Varsity.
1: And now, and now back to Hale
2: Varsity Radio. Back into it. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery. And plenty to talk about with Nebraska-Wisconsin staff writer for Hale Varsity. And uh, follow Steve uh, Marek on Twitter, at Steve underscore Marek is where you follow him. Uh, great coverage of Husker women's basketball and, of course, uh, Big Red Football. Steve, nice to spend a few minutes with you. Thanks for, for the time today. Yeah, Chris, thank you for having me on. So, man, it's been an interesting week. It's been an interesting season, Steve, when we uh, look at uh, Nebraska football. And, you know, we kind of can dive into the history of this. We can look at, you know, Nebraska's limp towards the end. There's been plenty of fight, but not the win total that that Nebraska fans want. But uh, I'm interested to kind of get your take on, the running game specifically with nebraska what's your feel as we head into saturday with nebraska's options here on the ground now that anyone's had too much success against wisconsin
6: yeah those those badgers they're 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 beasts over there um up in madison they have an incredible defense and it's going to be really hard for nebraska to move the ball on the ground just like it has for everybody playing uh wisconsin but yeah just looking at some of the options here look i I don't think it's a stretch of the imagination to say that there's a lot of uncertainty um, going on right now with the Huskers running back room. If, if fans may have noticed uh, against Ohio state, Ramir Johnson did not finish that game. I don't think he was out there for the last two drives um, against the Buckeyes. So you had Marquis step out there. So remains to be seen if he's going to play this Saturday and just how much, if he does. So, I mean, that looks, I guess, like Marquis Sepp might be in, in the running here to get some to get some reps but that he hasn't gotten since early in the season. Might even throw some Marvin Scott in there, and, and that's kind of a crazy thing to be saying because he hasn't had a, a carry since Fordham, I believe. And uh, Jacquez Yant also, he hasn't really found a consistent feel for the field yet, so it's just a lot of uncertainty. But yeah, with Ramir Johnson's health situation, we'll see what that is, and we might even be getting some Marquise Step and Marvin Scott on Saturday.
2: So the good news is what you're telling Nebraska fans is a couple of backs will be fresh, right?
6: <laughs> yes, absolutely. Very fresh.
2: You know, yeah, it has been interesting just because, I mean, you've heard some things swirling uh, about uh, his standing with the team and nothing official. Uh, you know, I, I think he'll make the trip, but how many reps, how much practice time has he got? And it's looked a little funny or fuzzy just with some of his mistakes, and, and he's played great ball when he's been in. But a, a lot of that kind of comes down to to repetition, right? Knowing a the play, but b running the play. And I'm wondering if there is to to look at Yant and use him as an option Saturday or moving forward for Black Friday. You know, if if they can kind of beef up maybe some of his reps now that that Ron Brown's. Running that running back room. Steve Marrick with us here on Hale Varsity, a staff writer for HaleVarsity.com and magazine. And at Steve underscore Marrick is where you follow him and do so on Twitter. Get great coverage of Nebraska football. So the other thing that was touched on a little bit with Coach Frost, sit down with the network last night was Adrian Martinez and his return. We'll kind of get to Adrian and what he can bring to the party against Wisconsin offensively in a moment. But what, what's your gut tell you about Adrian back? Do you think they're, they're kind of weighing their options? Yes, but uh, do you think a decision's been made or do you think they're going to take the, the full nine days that Scott hinted at last night?
6: Yeah, honestly, I've heard that discussion, too, and I heard Scott's comments on it. I think they know those two deep down, they know. They're not obviously going to say anything until the end of the season. But just the way things feel around the program and and the direction of the program with looking for four new offensive coaches um, in the off offseason, I, I just think that there's a lot of change going on. And me personally, I think it might be time for Adrian to move on. That's just my read on it. It'll just be really interesting to see how it plays out just with, all of the that's going on there's going to be a new offensive coordinator there's going to be a new quarterback coach with adrian and he's a great kid he's a great human and i'm just wondering how much more he has left in the tank with with uh doing this again for another season
0: and uh, if you want some, some insight here, Elijah Herbal, Big J journalist, had a friend see Adrian Martinez over the bye week last weekend downtown, and he yelled at him from across the street, Adrian, you coming back? And Adrian yelled back, I don't know. So there's your, there's your Big Look J at J.
2: that. <laughs> o Street Research. <laughs> yeah, that's some hard-hitting journalism right there. It's O Street Research. Um, but sure, but, why not? But you Steve,
6: when, when we're
0: talking about Adrian, you think there might be a lot in his hands tomorrow with how well Wisconsin stops their opponent's rushing attack. So do you think that Nebraska can still have a fighting chance in this game if Adrian Martinez has to has to drop back and put the game on his shoulders as we've seen him do a couple times this season?
6: Yeah, that's a that's an interesting question and one that I've had had some a lot of talks about with just my coworker's friends. He he has a lot on his shoulders almost every single game with the run game, the pass game and everything. But man, it's just you know, I don't know how much, how much is going to look different on Saturday. Of course, Lubick's not there. Of course, Greg Austin isn't there, Ryan Held. But at the end of the day, it's Scott Frost offense, and I don't think there's going to be too much different. It remains to be seen. But, yeah, there's going to be a lot on his shoulders on Saturday, and we know the offensive line struggles there. So it's, it's really going to be nothing new, in my opinion. Um, Adrian's going to go out there and, and do the best that he can um, with what he's got to work with.
2: Watch Adrian pull off a stunner. And people are going to be like, come on, man, come on back, come on. I mean, (laughs) you you took care of it for us. You you finished five and seven. Come on back, Adrian. you know, with with the the, the question mark about his return or not, if I'm Adrian, I'm absolutely Steve looking elsewhere. Get me a Russell Wilson deal where I can go to a really, really good team with a lot of solid offensive line play. And let me go fall yeah. out uh, now. The other side of that is maybe whoever comes in develops him better, right? I mean, th- th- there's that aspect of it, but that'd be one hell of a sell job. Uh, the, 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 the new is going to be way better than the old, and it, and, and as close as he has been to coach uh, Mario and company, right? So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's up in the air, but I don't think you're, you're off at all by saying, if, if, we're, if we're betting Elijah's money here, that he may be uh, down to his final two. Uh, Steve Marek is with us, staff writer with HaleVarsity.com and magazine at Steve underscore Marek. Give him a follow for uh, Husker coverage. So let's move to that pipe dream for Nebraska fans. A win, stopping a losing streak. Or what would a win mean for the football team tomorrow?
6: A win would mean absolutely so like so much to the morale, the, the psyche of, of these kids, you know, these college kids, some of them teenagers. If they would get out of Wisconsin with a win over a Big Ten West bully that have beaten them up for the past seven games, that would do so much just for the mentality of, of, of those kids and this program and what it means to be a Husker and everything like that. That would just be incredible in my book. And I'll tell you, Chris, just from listening to the kids talk uh, throughout the week, the coaches talk throughout the week, they really, really want to play this game. I know there's been some talk about like, you know, what's left to play for. There's only two games. There's no bowl game going on. But, you know, if you listen to the kids and just watch their demeanor when they talk, they really want to beat these guys. I mean, it's a pride thing with them. And I don't know. I just have this feeling deep down in that that it's not going to be as bad as maybe the outside perception is, is maybe thinking it's going to be. I'm not I'm not going out here and saying that they're going to win this game by any means, but I think it's, I don't know, I just have a feeling that they're going to really play four quarters of really hard, good football.
0: Steve Marks with us here, Hale Varsity Radio. And Steve, we spent a lot of time talking about the offensive side of the ball, but there has been some change to the defensive side of the ball with JoJo Doman deciding to end his Husker career, have surgery to end his season so the, the defense has done so well keeping Nebraska in so many games this season, and JoJo's been a, a big part of that. We know Isaac Gifford is now uh, number one in the depth chart to, uh, to fill his shoes, if you will. But do we think that Isaac's going to be the guy that's going to be getting all the reps, or what's this Nebraska defense going to look like now on Saturday without JoJo Doman in the fold?
6: Yeah, that's a great question. And um, to me, like you have to look at why JoJo was on the defense and what he does in Eric Shenander's defense. He plays that nickel, that kind of hybrid nickel outside linebacker role. And he was really out there. That nickel defense was out there when opposing offenses kind of have that 11 personnel when they have one tight end. So it's kind of like a, you know, put JoJo out there so there's more speed to match up with the with, uh, three receivers out there. But uh, if you look at Wisconsin and Iowa and their personnel that they use on offense, what they like to do is, you know, put, put the fullback in there, put more tight ends out there, 21 personnel, 22 personnel, things like that. So I don't think you're going to see as much nickel defense um, from the Huskers on Saturday. I think that this could be a game where Isaac Gifford gets out there. But I don't think he's going to get quite as, as many reps as people think he will. There might be some situations like that, of course, going back to the 11 personnel and when one tight ends out there and everything. But uh, I think that they want to get him reps. They, they see him as, as somebody who has a bright future. And so I think they can throw him out there. But I think the Browse is going to have some heavier personnel packages out there on defense with some more outside linebackers, and think they're going to go, go at it like that.
2: You know, JoJo built up over years to be able to play all those spots. Stop the run, yeah. be great in coverage, come off the backside, make TFLs. And Isaac's an incredible player. He's super talented, covered him in high school, wonderful hybrid great future you don't want him at this age in a phone booth against Wisconsin mm-hmm. and that's just the, the yeah. that's a that's a big ask not that he couldn't do it uh, it's just don't put him in that position uh, Steve uh, let's get a couple of thoughts here before we say goodbye a couple minutes left one morale is that a worry for you tomorrow about Nebraska two uh, give me a thought so far on, on Husker women's basketball I know they're unbeaten great win over Creighton start with the morale portion first
6: yeah, I had uh, mentioned this a little bit earlier, but just from uh, listening to the kids talk about this game, they really want to go up there and, and beat, these, <laughs> beat these guys who have won the last seven games against them. Um, it's a pride thing. When you take into account everything that's happened with the program, with the firings and restructured contract of their head coach and, and all the outside noise, I think this is actually something that can bring the team together and maybe lead to just a really great overall performance.
2: Esker, women. Uh, what did you see Wednesday night? What do you see so far through four games?
6: Oh, Chris, they've got a they've got a team. Um, Amy Williams has a team. Let's let's just say that uh, through four games, they're four and zero. They're getting contributions from a lot of different women on the bench. Let's let's just start with some of the studs here. Is Isabel Born? Izzy Born? Jazz Shelley. And even Alexis Markowski is coming off the bench. The Lincoln uh, Lincoln Pius standout coming off the bench and giving Amy Williams' unit some really good minutes down on the block. But you know Izzy Bourne is a very versatile player. She's going to be one of the best one of the best players in Big Ten. She can score inside. She can um, hit some threes outside. Jazz Shelley is an Oregon transfer. She's been really hitting the three pointer. I think she's eight for seventeen, something like that, hitting 47% from outside to start of the season. Um, and, again, too, Sam Hyde, Um she just does a little bit of everything. So this team has a bright future, if you ask me. Um, so we are going to, you know, cover the heck out of them. And I think this this team has the potential to do some good things with Big Ten this year.
2: Steve, uh, good to get caught up with you. Steve Marek with his staff writer. HailVarsity.com and magazine at Steve underscore Mark where you follow him. Steve, we'll do this again. Thanks for the coverage, and we'll talk soon, bud.
6: All right. Well, thank you for having me on, Chris.
1: He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmidty on Bar Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy.
2: Back with you, Tail Varsity, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, and excited to spend time with our friend, it is... Claus Byrne, he is imaginary. He wears red, and it's time for the Friday forecast. Claus, how's your week?
3: Well, it's, it's okay, uh, but I want to use my intro here to send a message uh, to the student government, if you don't mind. Okay. <laughs> you can pry my touchdown balloons out of my cold, dead hands. <laughs> And given the way my kicker is, and the way this football season has been going, it may not be far off. But still, you'll have to wait until at least then. Okay.
2: What about the offense? I mean, they got to score to to release the balloons.
3: That's why I really think this is a non-issue. We haven't <laughs>
0: Can I add something here? Yeah. This has been on like the student ballot every For single three year. three years. I've been at UNL. It's been Give on the student ballot. And every single year, they've shot it down. So this There's, year, the student ba- the student government just said, okay, we're not going to pull the student body. We're just going to have this be an us decision.
2: Well, and, and the student body gets to, to go to Trev and the athletic department. Hey, by the way, you going to get rid of the balloons? I know there's f- millions of turtles around the state of Nebraska. <laughs> My God! I, whatever. Let's get into the forecast. <laughs> they probably down. we ought to
3: just forfeit every game to Maryland if they really cared about the turtles. They push for that, but
2: don't give them any ideas. Claus, keep your ideas to yourself about about that. No, nah, it's interesting. Okay, let's dive into the forecast. And uh, Mel Tucker could be the $95 million man. But right now, it's the Ohio State Buckeyes favored by 19. I'll jump into the pool first. Sparty's good. Uh, Purdue's flighty, and I know that's their loss. I think Michigan State can, can do some things to that Ohio State run of the football. But Ohio State's offense too much. 19's high. It'll be about 17. Uh, probably 37 to, to 20 That's where I'm going to go with it. Buckeyes win and uh, keep the playoff hopes alive. Elijah, what do you say? Yeah, I'm with you here. I think 19 is
0: about right. However, I think Ohio State does indeed cover tomorrow, just barely. I think they get a 22-point win. Their offense is too much, as you said. And I think uh, Kenneth Walker, while it's pretty amazing, I don't think he's good enough to beat Ohio State single-handedly. So give me Ohio State 42, Michigan State 20, a 22-point win, and cover for Ohio State.
3: Claus, what do you like
0: here, Sparty
2: or Ohio State?
3: Well, first of all, I couldn't believe it when I read that contract offer they're looking to make to Mel Tucker. I mean, that's like dropping five months' salary on a diamond ring for the first girl that will spend more than 10 consecutive minutes with you. And I don't want to tell tales about you and the bunny out of school, Christopher, but (laughs) that's what it reminded me of. (laughs) Stay away from this one.
2: Still got her. (laughs)
3: <laughs> Anyhow, I, I, I don't think Michigan State quite has what Ohio State does, but I don't think they're far off. I think Ohio State wins this one, but they do not cover. I think it's 38 and Michigan State 31.
2: Okay, so closer ball game. Iowa State, Oklahoma, both teams coming off losses. OU minus three and a half. Iowa State's had OU's number, but not this year. Give me Oklahoma 31 and uh, Iowa State 24. The Sooners win. The schooner does not tip over. And Lincoln Riley can can go back to, to talking about how he didn't break code. Uh, Elijah, what do you think here?
0: Yeah, what sets Oklahoma apart, I think, in this game is they do have two quarterbacks they can turn to. I think Williams is the preferred option. But Rattler can come in and get it done. And I actually have the exact same score as you, Chris. 31-24, Oklahoma gets the win. Claus, what do you like here, Sooners
2: or Cyclones?
3: Well, listen, I, I think I, I think that Oklahoma being favored is probably something I would hammer. I'd take Iowa State in the points because Oklahoma hasn't been very good this year relative to where they've been. Iowa State has had their number the last couple of years, and they are the cyclones, and Oklahoma is America's trailer park. So I'll take Iowa State in this one, a close one, and to come back to do it, twenty-seven and Oklahoma twenty-four.
2: Oregon and Utah, the first of potentially two matchups here. Oregon's a playoff team, Oregon's top four, Oregon's underdogged in Utah. Winningham and in, in Utah, I think they're they're that seven and three mark. Oregon's good ball club. I think Utah's too physical. I like Utah and I like laying the points. And I think they're, uh, they're good enough to get the win. I think they probably get this round. I think Oregon probably gets the Pac-12 title game round if we're looking ahead. Uh, but a tough road to, for Oregon to finish with Utah and then Oregon State and then the, the title game. Give me Utah 35 and Oregon 28. Touchdown win by Utah. Elijah, Chris, we're green on everything here. I like this Oregon team. I think they're good,
0: but I think if you uh, play that matchup with Ohio State again, I think they drop that game. If you were to play it now in the season, uh, Oregon's good, but I think they're due to uh, to stumble again. They're not a college football playoff team in my mind, uh, so I'm going to take Utah 38 and uh, Oregon 34. Utah a win in a barely barely, barely, cover. barely cover.
2: Claude, you like the Ducks or uh, or or the Utes?
3: Uh, well, I am a big fan of my cousin Vinny. Uh, <laughs> I have a question for you guys. Uh, if this goes the way that you boys seem to think that it will, how are they going to celebrate in Utah? Are they going to break out the decaffeinated ginger ale <laughs> soda water? I mean, how do they even...
2: I think there's alcohol allowed at Utah. There? BYU's the, the, the non-alcoholic.
3: Well, the whole state, really. But... <laughs> All they're known for is that and bad pizza. If you ask Michael Jordan. But the point is this <laughs> Oregon is not the team that we thought they were after they beat Ohio State and we went ahead and crowned them. I'll take Utah in on this one. Pretty big 31 and Oregon 17.
2: Let's head down to the Little Apple Baylor and Kansas State. Baylor able to, to kind of wow. At home, Dave Aranda looking for a realtor. And uh, you have Kansas State right now that plays defense. They're physical. They're tough. They're going to hold the football. They're favored by one. And I think Baylor drops one. I think Kansas State gets that wow win they're good for every year against number 11. And uh, give me Kansas State just barely, 31 uh, 31- to 28 the win and cover over Baylor Elijah Uh, I got Baylor in
0: this one just because I think it's time for me to finally disagree with you in one of these picks we've been uh, agreeing far too much Uh, don't have much analysis on this one Uh, Baylor I think is gonna have some confidence coming off that Oklahoma game so I got them at 28 27 a very close win over Kansas State
2: clouds about 30 seconds what do you got here for Baylor K-State Well,
3: I'll take uh, Baylor in this one simply because I want to butter them up and figure out how they keep hiring fantastic coaches. I I feel like someone in Lincoln probably needs to figure out what's going on in Waco. I'll take Baylor in this one. I like them 27 and uh, Kansas State 21.
2: Claus, hang on for us. Sorry to do this to you again, but I know you've got an Iowa joke to tell us, and we'll get to Nebraska-Wisconsin, all right? Okay. burn that the forecast continues next. Miss us?
0: Come here, brother. Give me a hug. Bring it in for the real
2: thing. We're on
1: call for you. Catch the podcast at hailbarcity.com, the ESPN Lincoln app, or download them on iTunes. Saddle up partner. Back to Hail Varsity Radio.
2: Continuing with Clausburn's forecast, Chris Schmidt, Elijah Herbel, and Klaus. Klaus, thanks for your patience and hanging on. Iowa is favored by 12 over Illinois, and uh, we head to Iowa City. The pig farmer himself is out with COVID. Illinois is working still. They're still alive for a 6-6 six and six season, believe it or not. I think Iowa is just too much uh, a third-ranked team. I don't know what I'd do if Illinois did that, but I think Iowa wins by ten. But I think the Illini cover. Give me a twenty-one to, to, to ten tight ball game. I know I said wins by ten, but. Illinois sneaks in the cover 21 10 that's where I'm going with it Illinois not enough offense against the Hawkeye defense Elijah uh, I'm with you on this one because Illinois' offense
0: isn't great in that Iowa defense is really good but on the other side of things objectively speaking Iowa's offense is really bad as well uh so this one is the toughest one for me to call a weekend but I'm gonna have uh an Illinois win in cover just barely 28 to 14. You think they win outright
2: Iowa. Iowa. Okay. Wins. okay. Excuse me.
0: Excuse me. Iowa winning
2: cover. <laughs> Hitting the brakes. Claus, what do you got here? Illinois or Iowa? Well, uh, you know what
3: kills more
2: animals than silly red
3: balloons? Wind turbines. <laughs> you know what state has the most wind turbines per capita? Got to be Iowa. Iowa. Yep. So, I now call on the Nebraska student government to vote (laughs) on a resolution to discontinue Iowa. (laughs) Illinois with the upset 17 and Iowa 10. Wow.
2: Claus is going. They're going to win one for the pig farmer. See,
0: Claus always uh, accusing me of smoking something, but then he
2: predicts Illinois to go beat Iowa. Illinois at least got a track record of doing it on the road. All right, let's I get ne-
3: stuck into your backpack, Elijah.
2: <laughs> let's get into the Bears
3: were excellent.
2: The the Nebraska Wisconsin game, we're going to say nine and a half. The number not enough for the Big Red, and it is uh, Wisconsin. Unfortunately, if you're a Nebraska fan, twenty seven to fourteen. The the win in the cover by Bucky.
0: Elijah? Yeah, I, I think the bet here is to go bet the under on this game. I see this as a low-scoring affair. Uh, both offenses struggling, but uh, Wisconsin in the end prevails. I think they probably generate a turnover to get themselves a short field, and Wisconsin wins 21-10. to 10.
2: Okay, uh, the win and cover, says Elijah. Claus, the floor is yours. Tell us how this happens tomorrow in Madtown, Nebraska, Wisconsin.
3: Well, regardless of the outcome of this game, it's going to be a rough weekend in Wisconsin. I don't know if you boys follow the news or anything like that, but the supply chain is low on all the things that uh, the fat, greasy, unkempt, beer-swilling, sausage-munching, cheese-smelling women and all of their boyfriends love up there in Wisconsin. Wow. We're going to make it worse when Nebraska (laughs) prevails – 21-20, to but we do it with all field goals, just to rub it in a little more. Oh, my
2: God. Seven Seven field field goals. goals. Dale Klein right now is fist-pumping you, Claus.
3: Well, it's a good thing. It's a good thing someone
2: appreciates
3: the ironic humor in that score prediction.
2: 21-20. We've
3: made seven field goals our year, have we?
2: No, you, you haven't. Claus, I hope you're right. Take care. Thanks for the time today.
3: Okay.